Is there a witch after you? This world is a strange one. Now, to avoid any offense when I refer to witches in this video, I will strictly be referring to negative and evil entities that wish to do others harm. Sometimes they seem to be people like you and I who practice black magic to hurt others, while other stories portray them as demonic creatures with terrible powers. Witches are beings that you do not want to get on the wrong side of. So tonight, I will share with you five real witch encounters and witch-related stories that will make you pray that there's no curse on you. Also, be sure to send us your sea monster stories today at darknessprevalence.org slash submit because I'm only one long story away from a full video. Thanks. Now, get ready for some nightmares. Number one, The Witch of Pine Bluff. Submitted by Terman Shank. A decade back, I lived in a quiet, forest-surrounded town called Pine Bluff. I loved it there, especially since we lived out in the boondocks, where it would take you a good 20-minute drive to reach the center of town. Our little rural homestead was a dirt road off a dirt road, surrounded by evergreens. It was absolutely beautiful. The first thing I noticed about the place was its refreshing smell. Sadly, any smell disappears as you get used to it. During one summer, my family wanted to go out onto our land and do some camping. We had several acres or so, as Dad thought he'd be doing quite a bit of hunting after we moved down there. He was wrong. Work took up most of his time. We ended up camping for a week in a couple of different clearings, passing the days with fishing, stories, and board games. It was and still is my favorite family vacation in memory, even after things started to get really weird and creepy. Now, our family of five couldn't all fit in one tent. We didn't have very large tents to begin with, so my mom and two sisters shared one and my dad and I took the other. A few days in, during the middle of the night, I was so close to falling asleep. That was until I heard footsteps. I could hear the feet or paws of some forest critter skulking about our dark, quiet camp in the clearing. It wasn't all too surprising. I was sure we left many crumbs and scraps from the messy s'mores we had eaten, but that doesn't mean it wasn't spooky. I tried to play Sherlock Holmes, laying there in the tent in the dark, trying to deduce what kind of animal was outside based only on the sound of its footsteps. They were a bit heavy and slow, spaced sporadically, but it was more like a cautious person rather than a curious creature. Slowly, but surely, the hairs on the back of my neck stood on end as I began to suspect that we weren't the only people out there on our property in the middle of the night. Then came the moaning. It sounded like a frail old woman crying, like seriously crying as if she had lost the things she loved most in the world. Worst of all though, it came from right outside the nylon tent, only a few feet away from where my head rested. Have you ever been so sad or maybe terrified that tears started to flow down your face without you ever sobbing? That was me, laying there under my blanket, listening to the most frightening presence I had ever experienced. Very slowly, I turned toward my sleeping dad, but he was not asleep at all. He was looking at me with a finger over his mouth, shushing me silently. His eyes were wide and aware. This really shook me to my core, because my dad looked as scared as I was. 
I don't know why we sat still there when some possibly dangerous stranger roamed around our camp. We could have been in danger, my whole family, but maybe we were just all too scared to confront whatever was outside our tents. The moaning grew louder and I saw the faint shadow of five fingers, a hand, appear on the nylon of the tent, just above my head. The fingers appeared thin and bony. Better yet, they twitched about as if the person couldn't keep their nerves in check. Then, all at once, both bony hands, both bony hands came down on the tent as this woman began clawing in at us. That's when my dad jumped up, grabbed his torchlight and ran outside. Curious and scared, I ran with him, if not just to get away from the scratching woman. Outside, I heard the thing running towards the woods. In a nick of time, my father shone the flashlight in its direction. And sure enough, we both caught sight of something that will forever be burned into our minds. It was a pale, sagging figure of a thin person. It was definitely a woman. She was completely naked with dirty gray hair and bones protruding from her skin like she hadn't eaten in weeks. Her fingers ended in nails that curled around themselves. They looked like they hadn't been cut for so long. And despite being thin, she had a tiny pot belly like you'd see on a child. The worst part was the fact that, before she disappeared into the woods, she glanced back at us, eyes turning yellow in the glare of the torchlight. Needless to say, we did not pursue the strange, bestial woman. Immediately, my dad ran over to check on the girls, all of whom were wide-eyed and huddled together in their tent. They said they had heard the wailing woman as well. There were two more days of vacation left, and lucky me, Dad wanted to finish the vacation in spite of the witch woman, because, in his own words, this would be the only full vacation he'd have for another year. His choice to not call it quits is the reason why this story didn't end there, because the next two nights, I did not sleep. It's very difficult to sleep when the sound of a crying woman echoed from the nearby tree line. Both of those nights, I made sure my dad was awake with me. After the first night, he had gotten his gun from the truck and kept it near him in the tent. It didn't make me feel any safer, though. I don't know what we encountered that vacation week. It was terrifying, to say the least. The sight of that strange, haunting ghost of a woman is something I just can't forget. My family has given a name to this woman who has caused us endless nightmares ever since. She is the Witch of Pine Bluff, and you'd better hope you have more than a thin layer of tint protecting you the next time you go camping. Number 2. Lechusa, submitted by Texan Witch Girl. I know this might sound crazy, believe me, I know. When I was five, my mom told me this story about when I was a baby, when we lived by the border. She said we lived in a small home, and it was my mother, my dad, and myself. I was just a newborn, and as she would clean the house, she would open up the windows. My crib was right next to one of these windows, and she would let the breeze come in. Mom told me that that day she had just placed me down for a moment. Then she turned and saw the lechusa, a witch who turns into a bird. It was watching me. Mom told me she was frightened and watched as the bird stood over me watching me sleep. After a couple of minutes, the bird flew away. She said she closed the window in a hurry and rushed over to her mom's house and told her everything that had happened. My grandmother told my mom to pour some salt on the window where I would sleep. My grandmother also told my mom that the witches knew when there was a new baby in the house 
a baby that hadn't been baptized yet, they would come and snatch them away. I am now 25 and my mom tells me to watch out. Those birds are bad luck and there are witches who let their birds eat their eyes so that the birds can see for them. I know it all sounds a bit crazy, but there's crazier stuff that goes on in this world. I don't have any kids of my own, but my sister does. In fact, two nights ago, we were sitting outside my parents' house here in Fort Worth, Texas, when we suddenly heard loud laughter. We had music on at the time, and the music was pretty loud, so it must have been a very loud laugh. Even my dad asked, did you hear that? My sister and I looked at each other and realized that it might be the lechusa, and my niece was out there playing. My sister and I walked up to the tree where the laughter came from, and we shone the flashlight up at it. When we see this huge bird sitting in the tree, immediately we all went back inside. Dad picked up my niece and took her in the house quickly. And luckily for us, we haven't seen or heard anything of the Lachusa since. Just be careful out there with your babies. A bird landing on your windowsill or on the baby's crib could be pretty. You might even think it's neat, but they could be staring down at your baby for the most evil reasons. Number three, La Llorona, submitted by S.G. Now, English is my second language, so bear with me here. This story is not mine, but my dad's. It happened 20 years ago in Mexico. Just to clarify where this took place, our town at the time was very small and everyone knew each other. Also, keep in mind that most front doors in Mexico have a small glass window you can open up without having to open the entire door. To give you an idea of my parents' house, it has several bedrooms downstairs and two hallways that are pretty much shaped like an L. Now, let's begin. There was a knock at the front door around two or three in the morning. I don't exactly remember. The knock was really loud, loud enough to wake up my mother and my dad, whose bedroom was the last one from the hallway. My dad hesitantly got up, got his gun, and began to walk towards the door. As soon as he was about to open the glass window to check who was outside, he heard someone behind him. It was my older brother. He was 19 at that time. Apparently, he had heard the knock too, and it woke him up. He was half asleep, just standing outside of his room, staring, waiting without saying a word to see who would be knocking at this time. As soon as my dad opened up the glass door, this freezing cold breeze hit his face with an awful smell of sulfur, combined with something he describes as rotten and moldy. And there in front of him was this lady in a dress. She wasn't old exactly. If he had to guess, he said she was probably in her 40s. She looked at my father and said, Do you know where the cemetery is? My dad said he got chills immediately and his body was covered in goosebumps. He said he was never so terrified in his life. After a moment, he replied with, Yes, just take this street. It will take you straight to it. It's about a 15-minute walk. He then pointed to her left, the direction she should take. She didn't look at him. She then turned and started walking the complete opposite side the way he had told her. She didn't say a word after that. The opposite direction she was heading towards was the Unrio, a river. The following morning, my dad was outside sweeping the sidewalk when La Vicina, the neighbor, came over and asked my mother and my dad if we had heard La Llorona the night before, and once again, my dad got goosebumps. To this day, my dad is convinced that that lady was La Llorona, 
And I kid you not when I say that my dad stutters every time he tells someone new about his encounter. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number four, The Boy at My Window, submitted by Brianna Banana. As a child, I lived in a simple four-bedroom home with my mom, my dad, my brothers, my aunt, my uncle, and cousins. Yes, cram-packed, I know. During the day, the house felt homely, my cousins felt more like siblings and we would play all the time together. However, at night, it was a completely different story. I grew up in an extremely superstitious family and we all believe in spirits, good and bad. One day, my grandma came to visit us and she is what they call a curandra, which roughly translates to good witch or healer that can cure people. My grandma has always been able to see and sense spirits when she first visited our home, she told us that she sensed three spirits there, that of a man, that of a woman, and that of a little boy. The woman would walk around the living room and the kitchen, while the boy was always in the backyard, and the man would usually always be in the garage. He was the darkest spirit of all. Not as well as my grandma, most of my family can sense spirits. Some of us can even see them. I, however, have never really been as good at sensing the spirits as the rest of my family. But one night, through my four-year-old cousin, I met the little boy in the backyard. Since my cousin Allie and I were the only girls and we were the same age, we shared the same room. Our room was towards the back of the house, so we had a window facing the backyard. I was 12 at the time and my little cousin Damien would come sleep in our room once in a while. He was often scared because of his nightmares. He usually slept with his older sister, but one night he came later than usual and she was already asleep, so I told him he could sleep with me. We climbed into bed, we did our prayers, turned off the light, and I told him to go to sleep. A few minutes later, I hear him crying. I turn over and I asked him what was wrong, to which he replied to me, there's a boy at the window. I turned to look at the window and I don't see anything there, but needless to say, I was very, very frightened. We all knew about the little boy, but he never did anything to us. 
so I ignored it and told him to just turn around and face the wall. Another minute passes by and he says, he's still there. He won't stop staring at Allie. For some reason, all the spirits in the house were always really attracted to my cousin Allie. It might have been because she was the most malicious out of all of us because she was very manipulative and a compulsive liar. Anyway, at this point, I was tired. I just wanted to go to bed. My grandma had once told us, cursing at a ghost would make it go away, so I did just that. I opened the window and I yelled at it to F off, we're trying to sleep. I turned to Damien and he says, the little boy is gone now. Satisfied, I lay back and say, okay, now go to sleep. But not more than a minute passes by when my cousin begins to tremble in terror and he whimpers, he's back. Oh no, he's mad. I tell him the boy can't do anything to us to just go back to sleep. I have to admit, even I was terrified at this point. I never recalled a point where the spirits were this forward. Then my cousin slowly says, he's not staring at Allie anymore. He's, he's staring at you. My heart sank. I jumped out of bed and I turned the lights on. Then I yelled at Damien to tell him to get the hell out of my room, to go to his mom's room. I was shaking, I was crying. My mom and my aunt came running in to see what was wrong. I told them what had happened, and none of us slept in that room that night. And number five, which possession? Submitted by Dash 12. I live in Colombia, and to tell you the truth, I've never experienced a lot of paranormal stuff. Only once, but that is for another time. On the other hand, my father has a lot of paranormal stories. Some of them happened to him, and other times he was only a watcher or he heard about them. So this experience did not happen to him personally, but to a friend of his that I actually know in real life. He's a business partner to my dad, or was, we will call him John. The story goes like this. John had a wife that we'll call Anna. She had a cousin who married a jerk of a guy and that guy lived with his mother. Anna's cousin, Laura, after she married this guy, Leonard, she moved in with him and they started with the married kind of life. She was really close with Anna and her family and they talked almost every day, but apparently this guy, Leonard, was the biggest douche and they would fight over a lot of things. When Laura got tired of all that was happening, she threatened to leave the house and threatened to get a divorce. But Maria, who was Leonard's mom, warned her that if she left, she would die. After the warning, she didn't care at all and since nothing changed in her relationship with Leonard, she left and accepted her fate. She stayed at Anna's house with John and his family and so it began. Time started to pass by and she started to deteriorate she got thinner and thinner, and her face slowly changed or deformed. John says that eventually, she began to look like some sort of thin creature. She didn't even act herself anymore. The doctors couldn't do anything about her. They said they didn't know what was wrong. She was losing so much weight, but any pills, medicine she would take, it had no effect on the poor woman. John says that it was awful to see that. Even the room she was staying smelled awful, and she always had this blank stare, indifferent to anything that happened around her. 
John says that the most creepy thing of all was her voice, because her voice totally changed. It was nothing like it was supposed to be. It was really deep and raspy. In the last moments of her life, he told my dad about a conversation she had with a sister of hers. She asked if Laura knew who she was, and in a really disturbing voice, she replied, Of course, you are my little sister. But her voice, the way she looked, the way she moved, it was like Laura was gone and some kind of evil spirit had possessed this poor woman. She died not too long after that, and when they performed an autopsy, everything got crazy. They wouldn't let me see her body, and the morgue called the police. The police asked some questions here and there, and well, that was the end of it. The investigation went nowhere. The police were involved for a while. They had an investigation going over what happened to Laura. We never knew what happened after that, because my father stopped working with him last year. And well, my dad is a very religious man. He has a background with it, because he was raised in a really isolated town with a lot of witchcraft. He told me that Maria, Leonard's mom, was probably a witch, and when she warned her not to leave, but she left anyway, she sent a spirit to possess and slowly take her life away. It was truly disturbing to hear, and I can only wonder what happened after that. Evil people exist whether we like it or not. Sadly, it seems there can't be good in this world without badness, but witches can be all kinds of bad, placing hexes and curses on people and sometimes even attacking them. You could be a victim, you could get sick, your life could be destroyed or even ended. So the next time you meet an unpleasant, suspicious woman or you wander too far into the woods, be sure not to trespass against these witches or you will soon regret it. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your true scary stories today at darknessprevails.org submit. Thanks.